Kia ora koutou and welcome to Primary Matters, an MPI podcast that delves into the things that matter to our primary industries. I'm Carol Stiles and in this podcast I'll be taking a look at what's going on to keep our food and fibre industries thriving and safe. In this series I'll be catching up with people who have crucial and often surprising jobs to protect animals, crops, our environment and the economy. It's kind of a case of, you do what? marked off the container, that's that one there. I've checked, there's still a seal there, so it hasn't been opened before I've got here. There's a seal on it? Yep, yep, the the bolt down there. That yellow pin shows that it hasn't been opened. It hasn't been opened, that's correct. And you can't fake that? No. He's just, he's broken the seal. Hi, I'm Craig Friendrup. I'm looking deep into this container from Europe, looking for brown marmorated stink bug. You've got a torch in your hand? Got my torch. Yeah, looking for movement. Looking for movement. One person on the door and the other person spotting. This container is from? Hungary. So that's Hungary, what we call a schedule-free country. And that's a country that's got BMSB, well, brown marmorated stink bug, which is present. So I'm just checking to make sure there's no live ones in here. Does every container from Hungary get checked? It's either either checked or it's fumigated. The brown marmorated stink bug is on New Zealand's most wanted list. It has devastated crops around the world and now poses a huge threat to our horticulture industry. If it made a home here, BMSB could cost the country nearly four billion dollars. It looks like the green veggie bug we're used to seeing in gardens. The one that looks as though it has a shield on its back. But the brown marmorated stink bug is brown, mottled and has black and white markings around its sides. This container is full of new gym equipment, weights as well as machines. It's been delivered to a warehouse in Hamilton. I'm looking for anything that's crawling out towards me right now because what's happened is uh, the yarn I tell everyone the sea container's been locked up for weeks or could it be months there's been no light, no sound, no fresh air in that container we've opened these doors, we've introduced all three of those things so there's something living in there that's going to be wanting to come towards all those three vital things so that's why I always step back and wait it's not going to be, instant, going to be there instantly but it could be coming on its way now so first of all, I'm looking for up here, been flying. That, obviously that's a wasp coming back in um, from outside. So anything flying, looking up here, anything crawling, down here. Have you ever found a live one? Like, not recently, not a live BMSB, no. But I have found them, yes. Now that we've got mandatory fumigation on all the stuff, they're all dead. So you find lots of dead ones? All lots of dead ones. Fly spray at the ready? Yep, fly spray at the ready. And that's just to slow them down. But by now, if, if there's something in here, it would have come come out by now. So, so far, so good? Yeah, so far, so good. That's good. I'm Catherine Duffy, and I'm very pleased to announce that I was completely wrong. So, I made a prediction about eight years ago now that we would have an incursion of brown marmorated stink bug that we'd have to respond to. And I predicted that we'd have to have that in five years. We're three years past my due date now. 
and I'm so pleased that it really hasn't happened. I think that's testament to all of the hard work that so many people in MPI have put in over these last eight years. It's a thing that I've been initially uh, trying to hammer into people, you should be worried about this, and, and nobody really cared. <laughs> and then finally, everybody cared, and now we have a huge number of treatments in place that prevent it from getting here in the first place or kill it en route. And then we have all this border inspection of all the targeted goods where we inspect all these things and find a huge number of bugs at the border they don't get any further. We also have this amazing publicity campaign about the general public just identifying and calling it in. So we get hundreds of calls every year from the public thinking they've found brown marmorated stink bug, and a few of them have, but that means that coordinated effort right across the biosecurity system means that we haven't had an incursion response. So all of my work has uh, not been used. <laughs> and that's a great thing. It is a fabulous thing. There's, there's nothing better than putting all that hard work in and, and then having it sit on the shelf. <laughs> but the work doesn't stop there. Kath Duthie, who is the readiness manager for Biosecurity New Zealand, says alerts about the brown marmorated stink bug are monitored from around the world. Scientists connect and information comes through about where it is, the damage it's causing and the sort of products it may thumb a ride with. A keen eye is kept on the methods other countries are using to control it and with those in mind, plans here are refined to make sure we have the right tools in place for when we have to respond to it. So this is a bug that um, is a voracious feeder. It feeds on more than 300 different plant species. So when you think about all the crops that we grow in New Zealand, it will eat them all. Now it causes quite significant um, cosmetic damage to the fruit. The fruit is still edible, but it's not marketable because it produces when it feeds these really corky, hard spots in the fruit. So that's not good fruit for marketing. It feeds on wine grain. If it gets into the, the press when the wine is being made, it can taint the wine. You know, uh, it's called a stink bug. It also has the potential to invade our native forests. So one of the really challenging aspects of this bug is it doesn't just live in one crop. It needs to move on a daily basis in order to get all the nutrition it needs to feed and reproduce. What's happening around the world? I know it's in Italy, it's in the States. Yeah. It's um, throughout North America, it's also in the southern parts of Canada and, and throughout the United States. Uh, it's in a lot of different countries in Europe. What damage is it doing there? So it's doing the, the same as the damage we would expect here, this, this cosmetic damage to fruit. The only way really to control it is broad spectrum insecticides. However, Kath says they can be a blunt tool. Broad-spectrum insecticides kill the stink bug if they're sprayed directly, but they'll also kill every other insect, including the ones growers want. Our export industries, we rely on those niche high-value markets for top-quality fruit that has low insecticide residues. So the moment we start spraying or start encountering damage, those markets will close to us. So we're in real trouble if we lose those high-value markets. Frontline treatments include heat treating, or as Craig mentioned, fumigating cargo before it arrives in New Zealand. So the real risk is it coming into New Zealand during our summer period from the Northern Hemisphere winter period. 
they'll be hiding out in things that they have decided to spend the winter period on. These are usually inanimate objects. Like cars? Yeah, cars, vehicles, machinery, shipping containers, personal items, anything people like to post from overseas. We've found it on mortuary equipment. We've found it in a shipment of Barbie dolls. We've found it in running shoes. We've found it in all sorts of weird and wonderful things. This bug has no biological association with the commodity. It makes it really hard to predict what it's going to come in on. What you need to do is you need to look at the location that it's come from and use that location to determine the risk. And every bug that we have found in the environment in New Zealand that is not at the border, most of them, I think all bar about two or three, we have managed to track that commodity of entry so we know how it got into the country. Years ago when BMSB first started being detected at the border, it was arriving in brand new trucks. That was a bit of a mystery because the trucks hadn't even had the chance to get dirty and bring debris with them. We went to the factory over in the United States. I watched the manufacturing process of these trucks and it was quite extraordinary because from parts to entire truck, takes about 24 to 48 hours to construct a truck and that's quite amazing so there's really not much opportunity there for contamination but then they drove the trucks out they parked them in the car park they were there for about a day before they got onto a train they were then shipped to the wharf and then um, put on a ship bound for New Zealand and Australia the issue was when they emerged from the factory went into that car park for one day they were right next to a soybean field so all the bugs that were in that soybean field were then looking for a place to spend the winter. They flew to the trucks, they hid underneath the seats, they hid in the engine bay, they hid underneath the battery, they hid in the door wells, all these places that visual inspection wouldn't be able to find them. And they didn't die on the way because they had nothing available to them no. to eat. That's the thing about their overwintering period. They can hibernate for this extended period of time without needing food or water. A number of years ago, the Americans developed a pheromone tool to attract stink bugs. We can lay out these traps and potentially catch any other stink bugs in the environment or at least get an idea that there might be other bugs around. We also have detector dogs and we've been investigating the potential use of a, a parasitic wasp and we were actually first time kind of anywhere in the world that anybody has had pre-approval to release a parasitoid when you don't actually have the pest. We need to find hopefully a commercial supplier overseas that we can place an order with so that we can bring those wasps into the country. So that's proving the challenge at the moment, but that's going to be fantastic for us. It means that we won't necessarily have to spray the chemicals as, as much as we would. The other thing that we are working towards is, okay, what happens if our response doesn't work? Ordinarily in a response, um, eradication is the goal, and that is the ultimate end state. However, a lot of things you may not find them in time and eradication might not be possible so we have to think seriously about what long-term management looks like. Kath believes long-term management for this bug is going to be very challenging because it doesn't just affect crops, it overwinters in people's houses and wherever it has established it's first set up in urban areas. And then it migrates out into the cropland because the bulk of these goods that it comes in on come into urban environments so it makes sense that's where it would establish. It won't establish likely first out in a kiwi fruit orchard, it'll be somewhere in central Auckland. 
and that's where things get really tricky. So I went over to Georgia a few years ago, Georgia over in Eastern Europe, not the United States, <laughs> and they have this incredible program of pest management at the landscape level. Most other countries focus just on managing the crops because that's the commercial impact. And so the Georgians have worked really hard to get all these people on board to the point where individual homeowners are running little programs to try and eradicate bugs in their own environment. So they've done an amazing job getting people on board and I think that's something that we can really learn from. How have they got them on board? They got them on board basically by going around to all these people and sitting down at their kitchen tables and talking to them. Really just to outline to these people why it matters to them, what it means for the landscape in general and Georgia in general when every single person plays their part. Despite the fact that so far we've been able to keep the brown marmorated stink bug at bay, Kath says it's really important we still talk about it. I still believe that we are likely to get an incursion at some point, and particularly now that it's in the southern hemisphere, right? It's, it's now in Chile, and so because it's in the southern hemisphere it becomes a year-round threat for us. If we stop talking about stink bug, that's when we stop being prepared. Dr Catherine Duffy. And earlier you heard from biosecurity officer Craig Friendrup. If you think you've found a brown marmorated stink bug, try to catch it, photograph it, and call 0800 80 66. I'm Carol Stiles and you've been listening to You Do What? A series in MPI's Primary Matters podcast. Thanks for listening. Kia pai te ra.